Basketball Nation. What is up? I am your host, Connor. I'm joined by Dal. What's your hashtag for today? Shirtless Muscleman. Yes, it is, because we all knew <laughs> Auburn was going to go down tonight. We were, and I was we driving that mus bus, man. I was driving that mus bus all the way, all the way I, to Arkansas. I almost said choo choo, but that's not what sound the bus no. makes. Beep beep, baby, beep beep. <laughs> I uh, I am very excited because Oscar not dunking that ball at the end was a little bit of a bad beat, but then we made that money back with a little Arkansas money line sprinkle. So, yeah, yeah. So, no, it was it, it's fantastic we're not here to talk about auburn versus arkansas though we're here to talk about the game that was just played kentucky at south carolina so let's talk about it real quick and then we'll jump into our segments like normal what did you see that you liked you know tell me about this game dal uh we got a dub which is always good that's honestly the main takeaway um especially in south carolina i mean that's it's a tough place to play when i went to Wake when I was at Wake and when I lived in Charlotte, I would always go down to the South Carolina game because it's like closer than trying to get up to a game at Rupp. So was there for a lot of the kind of freaky things with Cal getting thrown out a bunch, the Mm -hmm. off the backboard to Marcus Lee from Tyler Ulis was there for that one. Was there to see Jamal Murray. No, it was Tyler Ulis to It was Tyler Ulis to Jamal Murray. I disagree. You want to put money on it? You want to put money on it? No, don't look it up. Don't look it up. No, Ask, I don't want to put look, money on it. You yeah, because confident. you know I'm right. You know no, I'm right. I don't think you're right, money. but you seem very confident, which just seems like a questionable monetary decision. Regardless, I'm going to look it was, up right now. And if was, I'm right, you got to buy me he, a Billy B shirt. He throws it to Marcus Lee, and then Marcus Lee celebrates with Jamal Murray. Oh, Pelzier posted this today. I'm gonna go to Pelzier and find this. Okay. Well while you do that, <laughs> gotta see Jared Vanderbilt's uh debut as well. That yeah. was fun. Um unfortunately no, so, they lost that game, but yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh but it's always I mean that atmosphere is great, honestly. The I mean, like every SEC game, that crowd gets absolutely like riled up for the Kentucky game. Then we got to hear a couple of big blue chant, uh, go big blue chants come through the, the speakers on TV. So that was, that was great. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, really solid game. You were right. You were right. You know yeah, what I threw thought... me off was Jamal Murray did the outlet pass to Tyler Ulis. Yes, correct. Yeah, Tyler Ulis yeah. like knocks the ball away. Jamal Murray gets it and throws it to Ulis. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he celebrates with Jamal Murray at the end. Also, that was the same game that Jamal Murray did have just an absolute like ridiculous poster. Oh, was that was the same game? I mean, that was the same game. Be, it was Jamal Murray was only here for a year, so it happened. Yeah, that was the same game. That was that was on the road. Yeah, that dude, was he, the yeah. He jumped on that guy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the one I was thinking of too. Yeah. Well, damn it. Now I should have bet you. (laughs) Oh, well. So for those who don't know, Dal knows this, but I play uh, pickup basketball on Tuesday nights at like 6.30-ish, 6.45 I get there. I actually host it at the church that I work at part-time. So it's not like I can't just bail whenever because I have people that show up. So, and I'm the, I'm the key holder. It makes it, makes it tough. So if I had the option to, I would have just skipped tonight and stay home, watch the game, but I don't have that option typically and I enjoy it. So it's okay. But I record the games that are, that start at seven that I end up missing and I get home and watch them. And 
it's a pretty good time. I enjoy it. The only thing I don't like it is that I know the box score going in because I'm too nervous to like, I don't like wait. Like I have to, you know, I have to know in the real time, obviously. So like, I know what things are going to happen, what kind of don't happen for the most part, but it was an interesting way to watch it all in all. And I, and I do kind of enjoy it for what it's worth. I'd much rather watch it live, but it's better than not able to watch it at all. So, it's a much healthier way to watch. Oh yeah, honest. absolutely. Especially if there's a loss. If, and typically, I think any game. I don't think I've missed a game where they've lost, which is good. But um, I'd imagine I probably wouldn't end up watching the loss at least immediately. I'd wait until like a couple days and then see what happened. But I haven't experienced that yet. And knock on wood, I hopefully won't have to. However, it was a, uh, it was a great game. I thought like. You know, a couple shots didn't fall Kentucky's way. If they made a little bit more, it wouldn't have been close. But I'm going to go ahead and tip my hat to South Carolina for getting up for this game and staying up for this game. I mean, they never they never quit. And that's something that I'd always kind of respect about South Carolina, both football and basketball. So, I mean, they're just a more likable program to me than some of the others in the SEC, especially when Steve Spurrier left. So, yeah, all, all, all things considered pretty good. So let's get into these segments, shall we? Let's do it. All right, offensive toast. What are you? What are you toasting this offense tonight? Hmm. Let's think. Um. You know Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. You know what? Are you drinking anything tonight? Because I'm drinking the white ale that I re- reviewed on the podcast the other night. I can. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe when we get get a little break here in a second, we'll uh, we'll we'll get a let's little. Let's do it right now. If we're going into toasts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I'll do it. Perfect. You drinking the bourbon too? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I can't. I don't do liquor on the weekdays. Last week I did, and I did rum because I didn't have any beer, and I was like, ah, I don't want to do that again. It was a little groggy the next day, so I'm sticking with the white ale, the Einstock white ale that I pre, you know, reviewed on the podcast the on Sunday night, and it's been a pleasure ever since probably going to keep this in my rotation of beers to go to so as we toast these this team tonight shout out to einstock for another great beer and what are you drinking Blanton's? Shout out four roses single barrel i honestly like the small batch normally more than the single barrel yeah the single barrels can be a little can be a little hit and miss uh yeah but i like i like four roses my dad's a huge fan um when we don't get like bullet or I like Larceny a lot, uh, but I also, I mean, Maker's Mark, pretty good too, obviously. So, yeah. But, yeah, let's toast this offense here. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah. So, actually, I mean, I was going to toast Severe Wheeler because he gets too much shit on the internet. And mm-hmm. despite only having four points, he had 11 assists. Um, but I'm going to switch up from that which is essentially me cheating so I can have two <laughs> toasts. And I'm going to toast Jacob Toppin. Despite yeah. only playing six minutes this game, obviously went out with that ankle like roll that was yeah. really weird, honestly. It's kind of like non-contacty, but hopefully he's fine. But his 10 points in the first half and his ability more so just to match the energy and the physicality that South Carolina was showing, I think was huge in getting mm-hmm. us to – where we were at halftime and that allowed kind of the rest of the team to get back in the, in the groove. I know after the game, Oscar talked about like 
oh, why did you have such a down first half and a great second half? And he's like, people can't run with us. Like, yeah, people get tired. And Oscar has a lot to do with that. But I think Jacob Toppin also had a lot to do with that. His six minutes in the first half were big. So yeah. I'll toast. I'll toast him. Yeah, I, I kind of have the same thing. Like, I really couldn't think of a toast because at this point, it's going to be the same toast like every week, if we're being honest. But they didn't. I didn't really see a bad shot that was taken. I know I was skipping, you know, you know kind of going here and there trying to catch up. But I didn't see like a terrible shot that was taken. Even Xavier Wheeler, who was like 0 for 5 from field goal, didn't take a bad shot. He still can make a three. We've seen him make threes before. So like an open three from Xavier Wheeler is not a bad shot. And I don't think he, I think he only took one, you know? So like, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like he kept on firing away like Notre Dame. He's learned better. He's learned from that and, and won't make that mistake again. And so I, you got to toast this team's ability. Their self-awareness is the biggest thing is who's, we want the best people taking the best shots. Right. So I like that a lot, but also I just love the two, the you know, like the, the punches that are packed with this team where the first half was kind of Kellen Grady and Jacob Toppin, where the second half was like Davion Mintz and, you know, Ty Ty and Oscar Shibwe. And, you know, there's been teams before in the Cal era where the whole game is just one combo of players where, you know, other players don't step up. Well, when teams figure out and make that adjustment in the halftime, you have to account for every single player that Kentucky throws in the court outside of like Damian Collins and, you know, Bryce Hopkins, maybe, you know, and they're rarely on the court. So, yeah. you know, like th- this Kentucky team can beat you in any position offensively. And that's, that's really encouraging to see. So no, I'm I mean, gonna we, go ahead. we finished with six guys in double digits and we finished with 86 points in those six guys. But honestly, like, at the point where we had 70 points, I think mm-hmm. everyone was already in double digits there. So yeah. it was just super spread out. Um, and I think it has to be kind of said that even though this wasn't an overly like dominant offensive performance, we still put up 86 points in 77 possessions, which is how many yeah. possessions they ended up having. And South Carolina, for how bad they have been on – offense for a lot of the year was the 35th best defense in the country on in defensive rating so we put up essentially what 24 points more per 100 possessions than they normally give up which is wild for there to be something where we did that and it really wasn't like that we seemed overly spectacular yeah this game no it was kind of just like a mail it in kind of game for the most part, it felt like yeah. not that they didn't prepare or anything. It's just this has kind of been the the story of this team is that the Tuesday night, Wednesday night games have been a little bit closer. Where the weekends they just blow teams out of the water for the most part. So kind of fun, um, you know, all around. And you gotta like this team and their veteran presence, and that we don't have to rely on a Damian Collins to be the guy in year one because we have a bunch of those guys that can you know win us a game and the only freshman we really rely on heavily is Ty Ty and even then when he has a he's had bad games other guys step up so you love this team I love this team and no I mean it's it's incredible and yeah yeah, I mean we're kind of spoiled with how we look at this game because outside of South Carolina pulled it within I think they were essentially tied with like 15 minutes to go but after that we pulled away and we were 
like we coasted the entire rest of the the game. Yeah, we went on really a run did. right after that. So this game, like, it's a ten point win. Sure, we were up by ten for pretty much the entire time. It didn't really ever seem like we were fully being able to pull away. Isn't that Buffalo also that TJ Walker always talks about? Right. Yeah, but like. This game was never in question. It was no. never like, oh, I hope, like, I'm scared that South Carolina is going to do something and no. go on a run here. Even I, at 43-43, it was yeah. like, like okay, no, cool. they got we're, this. Yeah, we'll go on a run and be fine. And then we did, and we were fine. So, Yeah. So I'm going to roast this team, uh, and this is asterisk roast, because, like, I don't think there was a bad, like, it was a bad performance. It was just kind of, like, ho-hum, like, even then, it wasn't even ho-hum. It was just an average night. But some shots that we normally make didn't fall. You can't really fault the players for that. Like, shots are shots. You know, they they took quality shots. Not like they took any bad shots. But So I really don't have a roast. But if you're going to, like, gun to the head and you make me roast this offensive performance tonight, shots didn't fall that we normally make. Yeah, mine was, I mean, I think, honestly, like we said, how – the toasts are going to be very similar if we yeah. really look at the the main performers every every time. And so the roasts are essentially always going to come with an asterisk because they're kind of nitpicky. Yeah. Mine is that there were a couple times, especially on a couple lobs, where we just threw bad passes. And yeah, yeah. So we had 16 turnovers, which is fine. That kind of does a solid job of turning other teams over. But – there were definitely times like where it was unforced. Yeah, where the 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 pass was bad. Ty Ty had one where he went to throw the ball to Grady and threw a left-handed dribble into a one-handed pass and it went out of bounds. And it's like that's yeah. that's avoidable, like entirely yeah. avoidable. So yeah, I mean it's like I said, it's nitpick, it's nitpicky, but there were some sloppy stuff that we could have cleaned up that would have made this an even better performance. Yeah. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. What are you toasting on this defense? Toasting? Yeah, let's go toast first. Um, Oscar with another two steals. He's like he's going to finish in the top 10 in all-time season in steals. Yeah. Which is nuts. And he wasn't perfect. Honestly, our defense was pretty solid the entire yeah. entire night. We did a good job on the ball for the most part. My one qualm will be what we talk about with the the roast. But, yeah, I mean, overall, kind of like the offense, honestly. It was just like a solid overall performance. Yeah. Nothing really overly stuck they out. They weren't getting also, beat off the dribble. They right. weren't getting – yeah, yeah. That That's kind of my same thing. They stayed in front of the guards, which is not like these guards are overly amazing. But they stayed in front of them, yeah. and that's what you want to see. And they forced some really tough shots. They played without fouling for the most part. So – you know, like that is that is exactly what we're asking of this team is to force tough shots and play without fouling. If someone's going to beat you, they're going to have to beat you by shooting the lights out, right? right. So, yeah, and and the force tough shots was really good to roll into my roast here is that we just gave up a lot of offensive rebounds and and second chance buckets. And I don't even know if we gave up a lot of second chance buckets, but we gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. Like I think it was twenty two to eight. I think was the total. Um, so. South Carolina yeah, I mean, with more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds, which that, is pretty rare. It comes with a little bit of an asterisk because we just didn't miss many shots to get many yeah, offensive yeah, of rebounds. Course, yeah. But we they ended with twenty two offensive rebounds. We ended with thirty two defensive. So yeah. that's a 
essentially 40 60 split on rebounding chances whenever they shot the ball which yeah you would like to see that skew more towards the defense yeah 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 yeah, absolutely absolutely and it was just like i don't know it was just kind of wrong place wrong time for a lot of those rebounds for the most part at least is what it looked like so i it's again it's more of an asterisk for us than anything but we did give up a lot of rebounds more than we typically do on the offense uh, you know for on the defensive end so Something to keep an eye on. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't know. I Like they said, mailed it in kind of thing. I think it was a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. There were definitely yeah. some times, especially it was weird because Oscar had a couple times where I noticed where he would run in on like a long two or a three. He would run in towards the basket and he would essentially overrun the ball and then have to like try and go back out yeah. and get it. And at that point, the ball had already bounced over him. Yeah. And I was like, that's just very uncharacteristic of Oscar. There were a couple yeah. other times where, dude, the, uh, what's his name? The, was it Cousinard that had the couple big putbacks? Yeah, he did. Or Bryant? Both. It was Bryant. Both. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, cool. You, that was a great putback dunk. Sick. Yeah. But where there were also probably three people that could have boxed him out at some point. And we There's no one did a lot him. of, did a lot of shot goes up. We look to see where the ball is and then try and adjust rather than putting like a butt into a guy. Yeah. And so, again, kind of like the my turnover roast, it's like wasn't overly bad, but they're also just some of those offensive rebounds, rebounds should have been avoidable. Do you think it's a little bit of like it's hard to get up for South Carolina? You know what I mean? I, mean? I feel like this team has really gotten up for some – like they played some of the best teams in the nation and have really gotten up for those. I don't know if it's that they didn't get up. It's just that South Carolina seemed to get up for Kentucky more. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I just, I just, I just feel like this game, Mississippi state, Texas A&M, they were, they were kind of like, I don't call them trap games. Cause I just don't believe in trap games and they're in just kind of let down basketball. games. Cause they're not yeah. as big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you come to Kentucky not to play South Carolina, you know? Right. And no, so I, that that's why I, I kind of feel like the tonight's game fell into a little bit. I didn't think that we were ever going to lose even before the game. And even after, you know, like 10 points, SEC road game, win by 10, you can't complain about that. You know, no. like in the grand scheme of things, come selection Sunday, they're not going to care that we only won by 10 points. You know? Yeah, no, I I think it's more of a testament to Sacramento getting up for the Kentucky mm-hmm. game rather than... Because it didn't seem like, I mean, our energy wasn't bad. It wasn't. No, no. It wasn't anything there. It was just, they almost had an extra gear on a couple plays. So. Yeah. And every punch that that South Carolina, you know, threw, Kentucky threw one right back. I mean, they they tied it at 43 and then Kentucky went on a 7-0 run to shut them down, you know? So like, I'm not complaining at all. Just, just something, you know, just kind of wondering. I don't think this will carry we, over into the SEC tournament or no. NCAA tournament. We have by any means. We have to roast by definition for the segment. So yeah, yeah, exactly. We got to pick yeah. something. Yeah. All right. So let's get into swaggy Cal grades tonight. I gave Cal a three and a half out of five. There wasn't anything to be like, oh, well, he made this adjustment or you know that. It was just kind of like you know, I'm not going to remember this game as a you know great Cal performance. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth between three and a half and four. Then I remembered that Ty Ty and Oscar both got two fouls 
<laughs> before the six minute mark and neither of them came back in the game. So I decided to go down to the 3.5 cause that remains dumb. Someone, someone on Twitter that I don't even think I follow them. They just showed up on my feed was like, can we start to have the discussion about how archaic not playing someone when they have two fouls is? And I was like, yes, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. it was just like, we're just not going to remember this Calipari performance tonight and that's okay. You know, like he, he relied on his vets to win this game and that's fine. That's what we're going to do this season. So, yep. especially with Jacob going out, I mean, Lance yeah. played eight minutes, Damian Collins played four, everyone else played the rest of the minutes. So, yeah, Cal is very much knows where his bread is buttered on this team, and just trusted the our best players to figure it out. I also, actually, I will shout out. We talked about this in our group chat, but when South Carolina was making that run, Cal didn't call a timeout mm-hmm. and kind of let us work through it. And I'm a huge fan of that. I said if this would have been like with five minutes to go or in the SEC tournament or NCAA tournament where this game means a lot more, yeah. please call a timeout to stop that run because yeah. it was getting out of hand and we could definitely use, have used a reset. But at this point where we don't need perfection and you have the ability to, especially with 16 minutes left, where you can very much have the time to come back in the game if there something does go wrong, yeah. which we clearly should, we could. Like, let the guys try and figure it out and work through some struggles and – figure it out themselves rather than you kind of bailing them out because in yeah. the long run, that is way more beneficial. The only time I've seen this team get rattled at all this season was game one, night one against Duke. And after they like, they got, they cut it close and then Duke went on like an eight over run. That's the only time I've ever seen this team get rattled. So it says a lot about what Cal has done with this team and just the, uh, the maturity of this team in general. Like you, when you see teams get rattled, you, that's when the immaturity shows. This team slows it down. They do. They do what they need to do. They never take really bad shots. Overall, Notre Dame, there's a couple bad shots, but uh, that was like in the middle of the game. It wasn't towards the end. Towards the end, they were taking good shots. You know, yeah. so came down. They had an opportunity to win that game. So, yeah. Okay. So go ahead and give us your grade on Oscar Shibwe. So I mean, he he he's a weird one because he had a very pedestrian first half still in it with 18 and 14 he's just I know. It's, it's we're so, so spoiled dumb. bro it's so dumb that we're like uh you know just 18 and 14 with three blocks and four and two steals and i'm like ah, is it a three like i don't he's so good yeah yeah he really so, is. so like i'll give him a three three and a half and be like we could have definitely gotten more and we got 18 and 14 I gave him a four just because of the second half. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, most of most of his work was done in the second half. I I'm not complaining here. I'm giving him a four. Keon Brooks, I gave a three and a half out of five. I just feel like he was like you could have told the story of this game without saying Keon Brooks' name. He had a couple of mid range jumpers. Um, There's a couple of shots that he took that he normally makes that he didn't make tonight. Uh, he didn't give up a lot on defense. It felt like he could have had a little bit more to do you know, stopping the defensive, the offensive rebounds. But overall, I mean, he's still got seven rebounds. If you're getting that out of Keon Brooks, like. This man had 15, nine and five. And you're like, I don't know. You could tell the story without him. I feel like just when I watched the game, it wasn't a lot of his stuff was coming, you know, like not designed for him. Yeah. 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 Which is 
I mean, that's the beauty of Keon's game is that you mm-hmm. don't really have to design stuff for him. It wasn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't a Kansas performance. And at this point, right. it's like, that's the standard for Keon for me now. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I want to see out of him every time. Not the actual standard. You know what I mean? But I do. I do. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just joshing you. Wait, so you gave him, you gave him what? Three and a half out of five. I'll go, I'll go four. Okay. Yeah. No, I, God, he's just so consistent. And if he can give us 12, eight and three, which is significantly under what he's done over the past couple games. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's he's making up one. for a little bit of severe missing from the scoring column here. So I think that that helps it, but I have to say, and I was thinking about it on the ride home, I was looking at the box score and just thinking about Keon Brooks, just his play in general. The biggest question mark about him was like, can he stop anybody? Because that, that's always been like his biggest weakness is his defense. He's kind of gotten cooked, like beat off the dribble by a bigger guy or, you know, a faster guy, whatever. This season, I mean, he has turned a corner defensively. And so I really want to shout out Keon Brooks. I'm so glad we're done with the slander that he's gotten uh now we we'll just get to that slander with, severe apparently yeah yeah we'll get to that when we grade <laughs> severe but like all in all like keon brooks has been he's not an all-american but he's playing you know high level basketball and that's what you want to see from him so yeah no he's a, he's an incredibly valuable valuable piece to have and like you said i think that the his problem has always been kind of the more athletic laterally quick big man yeah Yeah. and he's just gotten strong enough and big enough where he can control those guys pretty well with his physicality so and even in the last like i don't know four or five games he's learned when to when he can put the ball on the floor and when he can't that you remember you and i have always said like if it's more than two dribbles we don't want him doing that and he's learned that. Like, feel like he's listening to this podcast at least because, like, he's he hasn't. That's us. He, he hasn't done that. And John he's been, Perry, who? How effective has he been? Like, he he's he only takes two dribbles, and he either you know fakes to the left and goes right, or fakes to the right and goes left. But he always you know sheds sheds off the defender enough to get a good shot. And and his mid range is just butter. I love it. So, yeah, uh, nice. you know, screw yeah. the analytics. Keep shooting those mid range, Keon. Yeah, stupid nerds. Who likes yeah. stats? Yeah. You, you like... got to have a good blend of both. And no, you do. Mid-range shots are definitely in the the feel of the game. I don't know. Yes. I'm old. And when you're, when you're good at shooting mid-range, like Keon sure. or like Ty-Ty, who we have up next, you can you can take them, and they're good. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of Ty-Ty, um, I mean, I'll give him a, a three and a half. He was solid. He had a couple good shots. I mean, he's. It's weird that he has almost turned into our best defender. Definitely yeah. best uh, perimeter defender. Perimeter. Yeah. He's just so good. He did have three turnovers tonight, though. He he got called for literally. He was on the the bad end of two block charge. I know. Calls, I was. I was. Like, both of them they got wrong. About One that. of them they overturned. Yeah. And I was like, "Are what are we talking about here?" Uh. But not again, kind of in the same boat of Keon, where it's like that was an underwhelming performance, but it was still really good. Ty Ty is the king of just, and I think Cal said he was a silent assassin. But like, yeah, Ty Ty will get ten without even blinking an eye. So yeah. 
I'll go three and a half. This game was fine, but it wasn't anything extraordinary for. I gave him 3.75 just because I think he made some tough shots at the end. He was going through it a little bit in the middle of the game, maybe the, you know, the beginning of the second half. Cal was going to pull him according to Kyle Tucker. Cal was going to pull him and then Ty Ty's like, don't take me out. And Cal rolled with the dice and didn't take him out. And he made some big shots at the end of the game, towards the end of the game uh, that, that saved him a little bit. So you got to love what Cal did there. You got to love Ty Ty's confidence to be like, I know I can be better and I'm going to prove it right now. Uh, that's pretty mature for a freshman because, you know, typically like, you know, we know how quick the hook is for some freshmen, uh, especially you know, obviously big men at Kentucky. But uh, Ty Ty's, like you said, he's just, his min rage is so good. He's He gets a silent 10 like every time. I really am going to miss him, but I'm so happy that he's excelled from what we thought we were getting. So can't complain about that at all. For sure. So, uh, other, other point guard. What do we have on the grade for a severe wheeler? What do you have? I'm going to go 3.5, but I, I have a three out of five. What do you, what is your reasoning for, for that? Three out of five is still passing. You know, it's still it's still a, like it's a C and a you know and, and a grade, right? So it's still passing, and and that's what he did tonight. He knew it wasn't his D. night. It's sixty percent, but eh, I don't know. I just feel like three point five is gonna is gonna. It, it just feels like three point five is a C gets degrees kind of feel to it, and and that's what and that's what it, we we won despite Wheeler shooting zero for five from field goals, and and he kind of knew it wasn't his night, and that's okay. He still got to the line a couple of times. He he had 11 assists, which is absolutely fantastic. Like he knows his role. It's absolutely the type of player that we were missing from last year's team. And if we are relying on Severe Wheeler to score 20 plus points a night, we're in big trouble. So, uh, you know, like I, I think what if we get nights with 20 plus points, you get performances like Tennessee, you get performances like Kansas, whatever. You don't like you get nights with severe wheeler not scoring twenty plus points. You get nights like tonight, or Mississippi State or whatever. You know it's fine, and and we're winning despite him. And so it's only going to get better because he's not going to continue to shoot. I mean he's zero for nineteen in the last you know like in his last three games or whatever. So hold on, let me do the math there. That is not good. No, no, it's not. But just imagine. You know, like let's say half of those shots fall. How much does Kentucky win and buy in those games? You know, so it is. It is pretty. It is a pretty remarkable that we are winning despite our starting point guard. You know, logging zeros as far as from field goals, in uh, in the scoring column. So it's only going to go up for here, guys. You know, we're we've, we're on a five game winning streak where three of the games our point guard hasn't made a you know field goal. So I say three out of five tonight, though, just because. You know, like he's still he still got things done. He's still passing. I'm not going to complain. It's not a complaint by any means. So I can bump it up to 3.5 to appease you because I feel like it's three 3.5, kind of the same thing. Yeah, no, it it is. I I think the the sentiment is is still there. Yeah, yeah. 11 assists is the highest he's had since North Florida. Uh, the only real other game that he's had them in had double digit assists. He had 10 assists against Duke, but also had seven turnovers in that game. Yeah. So not as great. He had eleven to five today, so over over two, which I think is kind of the threshold for if you're going to be a really high level point guard, you need to have at least a two to one assist to turnover ratio. Uh-huh. 
and he did that. Um, was kind of talking. I have, I'm sure I've mentioned it on these podcasts before, but Keon used to be the person that got the like. Anytime he does something well, no one says anything. But anytime he does something poorly, people get mad. That is now shifted to severe, and everyone gets mad at him for turning the ball over or missing a shot. And no one talks about how he sets guys up constantly and is the reason our offense works as well as it does a lot of the time. And so I went back and looked, especially because someone today uh, was talking and he was like, oh, well, those missed shots are essentially turnovers. So I was like, okay, let's, I mean, like, it's a, that's a flawed statement. There are shots that are turnovers essentially, but a lot of times severe's aren't because a lot of his are at the basket. But regardless, even if you look at that and so you count essentially missed shots and turnovers as the negative plays and made baskets and assists as positive plays. So that doesn't even account for that on assists and made baskets, you're getting at least two points on the turnovers. You're not guaranteed to give up points and I'm not counting free throws either over the past four games where he is a combined two for 21 because he hit those first shots against Kansas and then hasn't hit a shot since. Yeah. He has 38 made shots and assists to 38 turnovers and missed shots. So even with him on this horrible shooting slump where he can't get a ball to go through the hoop, he is still netting out at neutral. And that obviously, like I said, is a very flawed neutral because yeah. the weights don't actually add up. So no, no. despite him not being able to score in the slightest, he is still a very much a positive force for this offense. So yeah. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, I, I, any severe slander is ridiculous because we look, we can see what this team would be without him. And, you know, Ty Ty can, can be shut down, you know, like we, the only two games that we have with Ty Ty running primary ball handler is Vanderbilt and uh, Georgia. So it's not a good sample size for him running so solo at the point guard thing. So I think anybody that slanders severe Wheeler is just like, shut up, you know, just and- stop. And it's it's not like the the points that people make against him are wrong. Like yes, he does take bad shots sometimes. Yes, he does sometimes, do too yeah. much sometimes. But it's the oh, we're only going to talk about the things that he does poorly and criticize him. Yeah, which, you, you fail to mention that he had eleven assists. You know? Right, exactly. And so it's the it's not the the criticism that I have a problem with. It's the like ratio of criticism to praise, which yeah, seems yeah. to have skewed all the way to criticism this yep this time anyways yep. that was a long tangent on okay. a guy uh what about Kellen Grady I gave him a four and a half out of five I think we could almost log this almost every game at this point because he's just so consistent and good and if he's not like I haven't seen him on a lot of mock drafts or if any and that's just absolutely ridiculous because I think he's going to make a team like he's going to make a team and come in and just kind of light it up. And, you know, like he's not going to be a star player and like no one expects him to be a star player, but he's he's proving that he can defend well this season. And um, obviously he's shooting very, very well this season. So 
just I just hope a team you know takes him in the second round or signs him undrafted and he absolutely shows up. I think he's an undrafted player just because his age age doesn't help age and for how well he does defensively even this year but offensively too I mean he's not athletic it's not that he's going to test and wow people there you're just bringing him in because he can shoot essentially yeah which is fine I mean anything you get out of him on defense is great like how many I think he probably leads the team in like you know those like run out steals where you just you know cut the passing lane and then you break away dunks yeah like he's so good at that like and that's not something that I saw a lot from him at Davidson and his highlights and stuff so anything we get out of him is great and yeah I mean no he's he's incredibly he's incredibly solid he is leading the SEC in minutes like the percentage of minutes he plays he's playing over 36 minutes a game which Cal has said a couple games ago that he wanted to get him fewer minutes and played him 38 minutes tonight so that hasn't really gone to plan but no I mean he he doesn't foul people ever he doesn't turn the ball over he's a consistent shooter so he essentially has no negative like downside and is very much a positive on the on the shooting side so I think he he'll definitely be someone that like he'll get a a summer league deal and I think he makes a team but I mean tonight was kind of boring everyone was kind of boring so yeah. it doesn't it's that's kind of a theme um you said a 4 Yeah I went 4 with him because uh, I mean like I was going to do like 3 and three, a half so I'm good with 4 Yeah were we uh, given Damian Collins tonight? I will go on the record and thought he was going to have a good game tonight, and poor dude did not. Like, not that he had a bad game. It's just he was out there for, what, six minutes, four minutes? Four minutes. Picked up a, had foul, a foul, had a field goal, or, like, missed a He missed attempted a it, but he got fouled on that. Like, you go back and watch it. He got fouled on that. So, it's like, I'm not going to fault him for getting fouled and missing a shot. It's funny that, like, no we, have, we have two big men that are on the entire opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> where – Oscar doesn't get any calls because he's so strong that nothing looks like a foul. And Damian Collins is so like weak and skinny that anytime he gets bumped, no one calls it because it looks like that. He's just so weak. Yeah. So neither of our big men, like neither of them get calls for the entire like opposite reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to save a little bit of a take for, for my last call, but it's just sec officiating is absolutely bonkers this year. And I'm not, and I, Tonight, I had no complaints. Like, I really don't like, yeah, there's a couple missed calls, whatever, but nothing that affected the outcome of the game and nothing that I was like, these refs are awful, which I have been saying for like the last like five games. So, shout out to SEC officials tonight for just, you know, doing an okay job. You know? See, it's, it's funny you say that because I disagree. I thought they were awful today. Right. And, I thought it was funny. So watching it with the with my perspective, though, you watching it live, I'm watching it, you know, like pre, you know, recorded and like going in. It's like there wasn't a whole lot to complain about in my opinion. Uh, it was good in the sense that they did not upset the rhythm of the game or anything yeah. like that, which is the worst thing that that officials could do. Yeah. Uh, but I know we've talked about him before on the on the pod. But Brandon Ramsey, who writes for KSR, does a lot mm-hmm. of recap stuff. Like even he he is like very anti blaming refs for anything, and he at one point hold on let me um he at one point said 
I'm generally the last one to jump on board and complain about the officiating. This crew is really struggling tonight. Kentucky is getting fouled significantly more than is being called. And then another point was like, I'm going to lose my mind if this officiating crew doesn't start calling South Carolina for putting their hands on our drivers. And so, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a couple of that, but nothing that really affected the game. Like I said, no. and, And so it's better when it doesn't affect the game, but they were still, it was super questionable. Uh, it was a breath of fresh air for me because at least it didn't like go to the monitor three times. True, like, it, especially if you're watching kind of in replay when you know what happens. Yeah, it's it's nice because yeah, they they definitely didn't mess with the flow, which is. I'd, I'd almost say like Collins is like a did not qualify because like, yeah, it's kind of almost... doing four minutes. You know, like right. he, it's not like we run sets for Collins to get you know anything. Yeah, He's so, incomplete, pretty much. Yeah. What about Toppin? Um, honestly, like four and a half. It yeah, I'm, he, I'm with you on that for sure. It sucks that he rolled his ankle, but he gave us 10 minute, or ten points in the first half. Do you uh, think he'll be back Saturday, or do you think they just kind of shut him down? Because that's the second ankle injury this season for him. You know, rolled ankle, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Do you think we need him for Florida, or can we win without him? I think it's one of those things where he kind of like goes through the process. He technically yeah. is ready to play, but Cal doesn't roll him out there unless unless you like really need to. It's nice that it's at home. Yep. I also well, well, just kind of we'll talk about that in my last call, but yeah, kind of. Oh, I have a take. Okay. I, ha- I have stats to prove that Kentucky's gets more calls on the road than they do at home, oh, which is I'm, insane. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about the officiating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just meaning that like. It's, we have the crowd support, yeah, yeah. Correct. And But I think at this point, so I don't even know if I would have thought this before, but at this point you almost, like, not that these are must-win and, like, that you're going to miss the tournament or something like that, but with the way college basketball is set up this year, getting a one or a two seed and really getting a one seed is huge because you would much rather play a four seed in the Elite Eight than or sweet 16 sweet 16 you'd rather play a four seed in the sweet 16 than get matched up with a three seed yeah the the difference there is pretty big yeah it's significant it's not and that's not the case all the time a lot of times there's all the like top four seeds honestly are kind of a wash but it almost makes games like this must win and i say that in air quotes so I think it's one of those things where, yeah, you throw him out there, you let him warm up, you see how he is, you make it where, okay, like if we need you to play, can you play? If so, we'll kind of like keep you in the holster, but we're not looking for reasons to get him out on the court. I think Saturday would be a great opportunity for Bryce Hopkins or Damian Collins to see what they're made of. You can win this game without Jacob Toppin. What do we? What about another person? I mean, Keon Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was talking about Redacted. Oh no, we don't talk about him because we have no reason to now. Cal gave us no zero reasons to talk about him now. So, no, I think it'd be a great opportunity to see like, like, like Hopkins or Damian Collins to see what they're made of against some higher quality opponents. We've, I mean, like. Collins has had, you know, had four minutes tonight against a lower level SEC school week and that is on the road. So that's, that's a good nature, whatever. Like I get that. 
play him on Saturday, especially like rest Toppin. We don't need Toppin to beat Florida, in my opinion. He's no, ju- he would just be the icing on the cake there. Uh, we can we can win with our guards alone because they can't guard our guards. They can't. No one's checking Oscar Sheway like Colin Castleton. Absolutely not. You know, like Oscar Sheway's bodying him ten times out of ten. So let Oscar go 30, 35 minutes or whatever. You know, throw Collins out there for extended period of time or Hopkins out there. You know, get them some quality experience before we head into you know March. I think that's what they need and. Play, not playing them against these lower level SEC schools is not helping them. And no, you know, it's not. It would be it would be huge if we're able to jump out to a lead in this game pretty early and just can kind of coast and yeah. get those guys some some yeah. run because that would be very nice. Yeah. So four out of five is four four and a half out of five. I'm I'm with you on that. That's Hopkins good. didn't play. What about where? This was tough because like I mean, he got eight minutes, nine minutes. Again, like fine, but he didn't really do as much. Yeah, like enough to really warrant a a super grade. He was he played some like he challenged Wait. some shots that I thought they were going to call fouls and they didn't call fouls. Which he I was took surprised. a three. I didn't remember seeing that, but I mean, maybe <laughs> I don't remember seeing that either. But we're not going to win a lot of games if we have. Like, he's we're taking one. a lot of threes. Yeah. I would assume it's like a heave or something. Um. Anyways, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he three points, a block, two rebounds. He's fine. I mean, he's he like where that's he didn't foul like crazy, and I like love two fouls, that. Yeah, I I love that. I know he only played like eight minutes, whatever. But two fouls in eight minutes, he's in there because that's, of foul that's, trouble. Yeah, he's in you there know? to so, be a body. Yeah, and 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 he he challenged some shots at the rim. Obviously, he got the block, but he challenged one where I thought for sure they were going to call it just because he's the bigger guy, and they didn't call it. And I was like, let's go. You know, like that's what we want to see is him challenging shots without fouling, and we see that tonight. So. I gave him like a three and a half out of five. Just not a I'm whole lot that. to see. You know, kind of a, just the C gets degrees kind of score. I'm good with that. What are you giving Mints as we wrap up these grades? I go, I'll go three and a half or four. I have four for what it's worth. I want to hear. Yeah, your no, I'm good with four. I was kind of leaning that way. Uh, one have, one again, for each foul he had. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a blah game, but it was a blah game for everyone. I yeah. just like that there were every three that he hit seemed like it was a bigger swing than just three points which i enjoyed so davion's cool good performance yeah yeah Yeah, for sure i like davion a lot just you can't complain about a a fifth year senior that is gonna play really hard even when he's not the greatest or tallest or most most athletic he's still gonna he's a bucket getter i mean when you need one he can get you one so you gotta love that so what are you pouring out for South Carolina? Wait, wait, wait. wait. We oh, normally okay. do a, give a grade to the crowd. Oh, that's yeah. normally for home games. But giving a two out of two for Biblio Nation, because I think there might have been more, but there were two Go Blue Blue chants that yeah, stuck yeah, out. There that was. were like loud on the Yeah, broadcast. they were. I heard <laughs> it. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. that was great. Yeah, I like it. I, I'm with you on that. So what are you pouring out for South Carolina tonight? I mean, their effort. I, it's yeah, same here. It's one of the things that I think the cliche of like, oh, this team embodies their coach is something that is kind of overused and overrated a little bit. But Frey Martin is fucking terrifying, <laughs> and this team clearly like embodies the fiery yeah passion that he has, and 
I mean, they attacked the glass the entire time. They they honestly had a solid game plan. It was just they did. They were playing a much like superior more athletic, team. more talented, talented team. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you. It's effort. It's they never quit. I always respect Frank Martin and South Carolina. They just battle every time. They show up for Kentucky games almost like every cool. time. I had totally like maybe like I just intentionally blocked it out. I don't remember, but I totally forgot that he hit that buzzer beater to beat us in you know the 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 nineteen twenty team. Like I don't remember that game at all for some reason, and for good measure because like I hate losing on buzzer buzzer beaters. But you know, like like I said, they never quit and they always show up for Kentucky. So you gotta you gotta pour one out for that. But also like you said, their game plan and the fact that they had more offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds is huge for a team that really doesn't allow a whole lot of offensive rebounds in Kentucky. So you gotta, sure. you gotta respect that. So ocean's 11th man, who are you going with? This one's tough. So, I mean, from this game, there really are only three choices that you can make. It's Levesque, Bryant and Cousinard. I'm, I think I'm going to lean Bryant just because he yeah. had the more memorable putback dunks. He also had 14 boards, seven of them offensively. And obviously we had the best rebound in college basketball, but we've also done a very, very, very good job of when Oscar's out rebounding and his ability to make the kind of hustle plays and add that level of, of athleticism would be a very welcome sight on on this team and give us another versatile defender that can kind of straddle that three four position. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I I can't go with anyone other than Keyshawn Bryant just because he had eighteen and fourteen. Yeah, that's, that's a damn know. good game. That's a really good. I mean, that's exactly what Keyon or uh, Oscar had tonight. So, just having that. You know, pairing him up with uh, Oscar Sheway would be kind of fun, and that you know, like maybe not like extended extended period times because they don't stretch the floor very well, but it'd be like the twin towers and be fun, you know, all around. Honestly, I think their best player is James Reese. If I was going on kind of the season yeah. as a whole, he's their best three point shooter. So, with Kuznar being a close second, actually there, but. I really like the – and he didn't have a good game. and He had seven, six, and four with only – with three turnovers. But I like Carter a lot. Like I just – he didn't have a good game, didn't shoot a, shoot well tonight. But I like his presence on the team. Like he just seems like a likable kid. Uh, wouldn't want him on Kentucky over any of our guards though. And that's the yeah. last thing Kentucky needs is another guard at this point. So yep. yeah, we need, a, we need a, you know another forward, someone to give Oscar a little bit more relief. So – so for that for that reason, I'll go with Bryant. But I do like Carter just as a player. I'll I'll be watching his career a little bit more closely just after this game in general. So all right, last call. What you got? Uh, you go first, actually. Okay. So, man, this is SEC officiating is has <laughs> has has to be better. Kentucky went at home averages and not, not including tonight. So these averages, you know, on the road and at home, whatever that does include tonight's game. I haven't gotten the updated version of that, but did it this morning. 
before work, I was like, free throw attempts. They averaged 16.8 free throw attempts at home with, and they averaged 14 and a quarter fouls, like personal fouls at home. On the road, Kentucky has actually a better advantage overall in both. We shot 19 free throws tonight, so that is yeah. staying pretty similar. Yeah. Um, well, so on the road, Kentucky averages 17.42 free throw attempts, and they only average they average 14.42 personal fouls. So round up, they average 15 fouls at home and away, which is really good. Like, really good for... Yeah, this team is very team. good about not fouling. Yeah, and they average... They actually get more free throw attempts on the road, so they're getting a better advantage on the road than they are at home. Auburn averages 21 free throw attempts at home with 17 fouls, 17.8 fouls per game. On the road, Auburn averages 16 free throw attempts on the road. And Wait, Auburn, 20, Auburn plays on the road? Yeah, when they do play on the road, which is rare, they only get 16 free throw attempts on average, and they average 20 personal fouls per game. It is clear and absolutely clear that the SEC is just like doing whatever they can to make Auburn better than they are. So I will say on that point, this is like saying that the Kings are actively being bad. And I honestly don't know if the Kings have the, as a like franchise have the mental capacity to make decisions that are clearly like guided enough to say (laughs) that they're actively bad. I think they might just be so incompetent that it just, it just oozes out of them. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that might be the officiating. Like, I don't know if the sec is trying to make Auburn be, I just think they play to to the crowd. I think they literally are just so bad that they're bad. I just think they play to the crowd and and we've seen, I don't know. Like, I just think they play to the crowd in, in, in Auburn. Like, I think that's what's happening. And it's not like, I'm not faulting Auburn. Like, they're giving, they're, they're receiving, they're doing with what they're given, right? Like, I'm not faulting them at all. But if the fans are going to be like, oh, we don't have an advantage. Kentucky always gets a favorable whistle. It's false. Like, it's not true. Yeah. Kentucky has gotten a better whistle on the road than they have at home. <laughs> you know, so, um, it, so just the, the audacity of Auburn fans to think that they've, really earned this number one ranking and now it won't be after this week but you know like they're a really great team are they the best team in college basketball no i I think it's hard to pick just one team that's the best it could be a different team each night i disagree i think there isn't a clear best team but gonzaga is looking very good again gonzaga is so good they're they're looking so good (laughs) so So it's like kentucky's looking fantastic i mean like auburn on the road, we've seen that they've struggled. They they won. They beat Missouri and Georgia by a combined four points. I mean, yeah, there's there's a reason that Auburn had dropped to around seven, eight, nine area on Ken Palm and was still ranked up there, and it's because they have had a very uh, very favorable SEC schedule. I think until, the- like you say, when. Until they go to Jabari Smith as their go-to guy to close out games, they're not going to be. He actually, like, he had a a very good game and took way more shots than I was expecting tonight. Yeah. Granted, of course, at the very end when they actually do need someone, <laughs> Katie Johnson throws up yeah. a three. But so, like, I mean, you look at the last couple of games, Katie Johnson scored the bucket against Missouri to see, to win that game. You look at against Georgia on Saturday, it was Wendell Moore that 
you know, or Wendell Green that um, scored the bucket to put them up there. So, it, like, but he they're, was they're underutilizing oh, Barry sure. Smith, and he it, was and he was six for offense. sixteen tonight, though, which like sixteen shot attempts for him is a lot. Yeah, that is. Yeah, comparatively to not a lot for what he should be getting, but a lot for what he does get. And their two losses now have come to. So so teams. Arkansas has stepped up, um, and have and they will definitely be ranked at you know this time next week. I mean, they're top twenty five team on Ken Palm. They're twenty second. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas is finally playing to the potential that everyone kind of thought they would uh, at the beginning of the season. Maybe a little overrated at the beginning of the season, but UConn has been a roller coaster of a team this whole season, and that's the only team besides Arkansas, obviously tonight to beat uh, Auburn, and it was in a double overtime. So. We've seen what Auburn is. <laughs> They're on. undefeated in regulation. Yeah, which is wild, but yeah. That is. It's just like we've seen what Auburn can do at home, and we've seen it too much. Now we got to see it like on a neutral site game they've lost and in an away game they've lost. They're actually one and two away from, on the road against ranked teams. So why is anyone talking about that now? Because that was the Kentucky's biggest thing is that they couldn't do it on the road against big teams. Well, they've done it. So shut up. I'm done. All right. My last call. I'm going to keep it short. Um, and it's just look, just enjoy the, enjoy the season. This is a fun team. Even on their kind of boring nights, they're still very good. We're – in my opinion, the second best team in the country right now. We're playing out of our minds. Almost everyone is clicking. But yet this team still feels like that they haven't peaked. And so if you're sitting there, sure, I understand the desire to nitpick stuff that is frustrating. I am fully on board with when I'm watching. I am much more willing to point out the negative stuff and get frustrated by that than I am to constantly be thinking about all the positive things that happen. Yeah. It's that's a natural thing. But when you have this game where we just beat a really solid team on the road where we haven't won in three trips, well, this is our first win in three trips and we essentially had a, pretty mediocre game, but we're still able to pull out a 10 point road SEC win. And the only thing that you get in the post game call are people being mad about X, Y, and Z. The first two things that were said by Matt on the lead in, and he did kind of qualify it with that. He was kind of nitpicking to start, but the first two things that he said were we got out rebounded and we turned the ball over too much. And I'm like, why are we starting with the negative things? Yeah. A bunch of the callers were talking about redacted and going through and complaining about random stuff. And you you go on Twitter and it's very, very nice when the overall discourse matches the product. So it does a very good job of matching the product when we are playing poorly. But yeah. it doesn't match whenever we're playing well and... That's frustrating because, one, it's frustrating because me and not even, like, I am somehow the better of the two of us, but, like, 
I, I feel the need when people have bad opinions to argue with them. I argued with some random dude in a group chat today for literally like an hour about Jimmy Graham and if he was good on the Seahawks. And this guy was saying he was all pro, and I just couldn't let it go that he was not, regardless, tangent. But, like, I I am all for an argument. But the thing that makes – it makes me sad that, like, other people aren't can't just sit there and enjoy – Something that is very, very much should be enjoyable. Sports yeah. should be fun. It should not make you mad all the time. Especially whenever Kentucky's got 20 wins now, coming off a season where they had nine wins in total last year. We should be having a blast. And yeah. no, so I'm actually having, have a blast. And I'm having a fantastic season, man. Be like, the be the fish on the wall that sings the Don't Worry, Be Happy <laughs> song. Like, yeah. have I'm, fun. I'm, I'm enjoying the heck out of the season because Me too. how can how can you complain after having a season like we had last season? You know, how can you complain where you have to win every game of the SEC tournament to have a chance at making the tournament in general? Like that was annoying as heck and like now yeah. that we we've, we've secured a spot in the SC, in the NCAA tournament and we still have like the rest of February to go. Oh, so, yeah, we could we could go beaten for the rest of yeah. the time and we would still make the tourney. Yeah, which which is like I've never known what that's like, except for like I don't know, back in the Billy Gillespie era, and even then, we still like thought we would make the tournament. So whatever, yeah, you know. So like I'm with you on that 100. percent I'm actually turned over a new leaf, and it's just like, you know what? I don't have the energy to keep arguing with stupid people anymore. Like I'm just, I'm just done. Somebody, somebody even commented on something today, and I was just like, (laughs) I don't have the energy to do this. You can go read the other replies, but like redacted is absolutely making crazy amount of money right now <laughs> and if you if you disagree you're like you're Dude. wrong i mean like you're wrong i mean caleb williams the oklahoma now usc transfer was offered a hundred or not hundred it was offered one million dollars to attend from an ex-NFL quarterback to attend Eastern Michigan, Eastern freaking Michigan, a mid-major football team. Somebody offered him a a million dollars to go to transfer to Eastern Michigan. You don't think freaking redacted is playing is like making, you know, like at least that for the, you know, one of the biggest programs, the biggest name in college basketball. Like that's unreal. So people, you know, like, I really do trust the family in this situation for redacted and we you know, have no reason to not trust what they've been saying because they've said like, it the entire time. And well, and here, and here's the other thing. If he really was actually going to the draft this year, at this point he would find out that he's eligible soon enough so that he can go drop out and train because which he, which is irrelevant too, because he has known pretty much since he reclassified that he was going to be eligible. That was only new news to yeah, he just has to apply and do and do whatever he needs to do to apply, right? So, right. with the NBA. So, with that said, why would it benefit him to stay at Kentucky and learn Cal's system? Because that's all he's doing now is learning how Cal's offense works and, and and all those things. Why would it benefit him to do that now instead of dropping out and training for with actual NBA trainers and teams that could give him insight on what he needs to work on before draft workouts? That and he's going to class. 
why would you why would you want to be here to exactly. go to class if you're exactly. just going to leave? It's dumb. You know what? If he does go, like, I hope – part of me hopes that he does go just to, like, no. as a big middle Stop finger it. to Don't everybody that says – Don't you put that evil on me, says, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, obviously I want I want redacted at, at Kentucky next year. <laughs> but, I like, I just – I'm so tired of people saying that he's using Kentucky. I hope someone does come and use Kentucky for the name so that way we could realize, like, we they don't owe us a dang thing, like, call, at all. Call me Bill Weathers. Use me up. <laughs> like so frustrating just agreed you know like I, I loved i loved matt's point on his podcast the other day on big blue breakdown that he's like if ty ty like got injured and he's like you know what it's not worth it i'm gonna sit out the rest of the year and, and opt out for the draft like yeah it hurts it sucks Word. whatever but he doesn't owe us anything nope not a single thing and and if he if he had to drop out right now he'd, he'd probably go number six unless he had a really bad workout Six or seven is what he's is what he's proven right now. Eh, it seems high, but it does seem high. But I think that's just how shallow the guards and unless the Knicks are picking there, wherever the Knicks are picking, that's where he's going. Boston, I think Boston's going to be the, the place again. Williams, Knicks will probably pick about Boston, but yeah, whichever one of those two. Right, anyways, we don't need to talk about this anymore. We know Redacted is going to be here next year until he's not. And that's Redacted. Fine. Let's go. Yeah. Redacted. Everybody <laughs> who doesn't listen to us is like, what? who's Redacted? <laughs> I, I feel like it's probably pretty clear. Context clues there at the end, but towards the middle, you know, when we mentioned Redacted, it was, I don't know. You could, could be anyone. Uh, but Kentucky's getting number nine this year. You can't tell me anything otherwise. Let's go, Woo baby. pig. Woo pig for Woo pig. beating Arkansas or for beating Alabama tonight. Or, wow, God, Auburn, the other red team, uh, or not even red team, <laughs> the other Auburn, team in the South Auburn that we can't more stand. like Auburn. Oh, burnt, you know. Ooh, hey, I like that. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm just so glad that Rico got his revenge a little bit tonight. Got got a taste of his own medicine because can't stand that Rico guy. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Katie Johnson, and he looks crazy. So. We'll catch y'all later. Go Cats. Peace. Go Cats.